At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Roto World's Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Monday, October 10th, and today with essentially one week to go until the regular season, we are going to be looking at some ADPs, average draft positions that we are targeting and some we are avoiding. Basically players who, for whatever reason, seem to be going too high or too low in fantasy drafts. And to do this, I am joined by Dr. A, Steve Alexander, and Noah Rubin. First Monday podcast of the season, guys, first of all. So uh, that's pretty thrilling. And Steve... Speaking of being thrilled, we were talking offline beforehand, and I mean, you were just saying, you went on and on about how much you're enjoying the preseason. You're just like, I could live here forever. Like, let's just keep this going. Don't even let the regular season start, is what you said, if I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, this 10-game Wednesday of preseason with probably no stars playing, like, and I get to blurb all those games. Like, I'm so fired up, bro. Like, (laughs) I mean, I just lay in bed. I'm just like, can Wednesday get here any faster? When is it getting here? But yeah. the good news is that while I, I'll be blurbing all those games well after the Atlanta Braves have played game two at 430. Or, yeah, that's Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. so at least I'll be able to watch the Braves game before I, I dive into to blurb fest. Let's get right into our... Uh, our, our, our agenda at hand here today, guys, as I said, we're going to look at some Yahoo ADPs, some that we think maybe are too high, some that we think maybe are too low, some that we disagree on. So let's just start off. We're going to kind of start near the top of drafts and then make our way downward, hitting some select spots along the way. And we'll start uh, with a guy by the name of Damian Lillard, whose Yahoo ADP is 14.9, coming off that mostly lost season last year. Now, he struggled in his most recent preseason game, but he had 21 points in 24 minutes the game before that. And Noah, we talk about finding first-round players in the second round, or at least I talk about that as kind of a a great blueprint for winning your fantasy league, obviously. And it, this may be one of the best examples of that this season is Lillard ADP around 15. Yeah, he definitely has the upside to return to the first round. He was definitely a first-rounder before last season when he only played 29 games. It just was very much a down year, just destroyed by injuries, but definitely has the potential to get back. I think I'm probably lower on him than just about anybody else on staff, and it's nothing against – I'm not a huge Damian Lillard hater by any means. Well, you basically Uh, just said you are. um, Offline, on camera, like officially the word is I'm not a Damian Lillard (laughs) hater. Um, But I think 14 is probably about where I'd take him in most – drafts um if he's uh-huh. right there I, I can definitely say that there's probably 13 guys i would take him above but then after that it's kind of like there's a lot of guys it just depends on who you're high on who you're low on whether they go the beginning of the second round or end of the second round i think dame's definitely a guy that has the upside there's just probably definitely 13 guys i'd take above him um i am also not a dame hater i like dame but I, I'm sort of with Noah in that I don't think he's on any of my teams. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the leagues I've drafted, and he's gone in the first round. Now, 
even though I'm not like actively going after Damian Lillard and making sure he's on my teams, I do have this feeling inside my gut that this is, he's going to be on like a revenge tour. He's going to try to make up for the last couple of years when he's been hurt so much. Uh, but he's been hurt so much that it, the other part of my gut says he's going to rest more than I want him to. But I mean, I feel like Dame's going to come out and kind of tear up the league for a little bit. And so, by the way, to the point that uh, you're you're saying about Lillard being gone in the first round in some of your leagues, I mean, yeah, these numbers that we're talking about, obviously, it could vary wildly depending on your league. You know, some some cases they'll go after this, some cases they'll already be gone. Anyhow, moving on to Paul George, whose Yahoo ADP is twenty point eight, so right around twenty one if you're rounding up. And I, I look at this one. There's there's two ways to look at this. I think this could be an example of finding a first-round guy in the second round, just like we talked about with Lillard. But then again, Paul George, as we know, has averaged only 44 games played during his time in L.A. He's 32 years old, Steve. So those are certainly red flags. But all things considered, I mean, you get to later in the second round. Can you talk yourself into Paul George around pick 21? Well, Matt, you know my feelings about Paul George over the, over the years. Um, I'm not a huge Paul George guy. I can talk myself into Paul George in round three. Like if he falls to round three, I'm in. But uh-huh. round two, I'm probably going somewhere else. I mean, you know, I keep telling myself over and over again, the Clippers are so deep. They're one of the deeper teams in the league, in my estimation. A um, lot of weapons, a lot of guys, a <laughs> lot of guys. Um, but, you know, if Kawhi Leonard is going to play the whole season – I think that hurts George a little bit, but is Kawhi Leonard going to play the whole season? He's the godfather of, of load management. So I, yeah, I can be talked into it, but it, you might have to twist my arm a little bit. Sounds like you could be talked into it a little past pick number 21, not at the ADP we're talking about. And no, I mean, the counter argument is that if you want to make the optimistic case for Paul George, all those missed games, but went on the floor with the Clippers the combined numbers are this, around 23 points per game, six boards, 4.8 dimes, 1.5 steals, 3.23 pointers. I mean, still just an awesome fantasy player when he's actually healthy. Yeah, I mean, the question is always going to be his availability. It's not his talent. He's such a fantasy-friendly player. I believe it was a press conference either last night or this morning where he basically just said, look, I'm the number two guy. Kawhi Leonard's going to be the guy. Um but like Doc said, we don't know how much Kawhi is going to play. Both of them are going to have workload plans. I think pick 21-ish is probably a healthy medium, but I would probably take him a couple picks after that, be more comfortable taking him in the third round than in the second round. Because, and, and you guys remember, I was pretty optimistic about both sets of LA stars and just thinking that they're probably going to exceed the amount of games they've played recently. But still, I'd probably take Paul George in the third round and feel comfortable with it. Second round, it just might be a little high. Now, speaking of that uh, being the number two guy, I believe on average the number two guy on the Clippers is going before the number one guy, right? Kawhi Leonard's ADP. I'd have to double check this, but I, I believe it's several slots lower than Paul George's. Does that make sense to you guys, Noah first, then Steve? Not at all. I, every time I've seen it in a draft, I get that Paul George was actually on the court last season and Kawhi wasn't. Yeah. But I, I feel more comfortable about Kawhi Leonard coming back and playing a ton of games than I do about Paul George. I think Paul George has kind of been like limited games over the past few seasons, whereas Kawhi is, 
I believe, I don't remember the exact game total. I know he didn't play all last season. Before that, he was playing re- relatively consistently aside from rest nights. But those aren't going away. But I would definitely trust Kawhi Leonard over Paul George, especially because he's going to be so dominant when he's on the court. Uh, I don't really trust Kawhi Leonard um, much, much at all. And like he, he played in that first preseason game and that was like headline news. Like, Hey, Kawhi Leonard's going to play in a preseason game. And there he's not even on the injury report. Like this is huge news and it is breaking news because he didn't play at all last year, 52 games, 21. So that's 30 yep. missed games, 57 games. That's 25 missed games, 60 games, nine games. So those, so that's five years in a row where he's, he's missing between 20 and 30 and, and 82 games. Um, so I, I'm just, and I know, I know Kawhi does enough in two thirds of a season to, to still really help your fantasy team. But I don't want a guy on my team who's going to sit 30, 30 games a year. I just, I'm not doing it. Now those were a couple of those were shortened seasons though, to along those lines. So we take some of those missed games away because 19 and 20 and 2021, is that what you're about to say? Noah? that's exactly what I was about to say. So yeah, there's, so but Steve, there's, a, there's, I don't a know if you remember, I don't know if you remember Steve, but there were a couple seasons there where things were a little <laughs> wild with the schedule. I, I get that, but there was also a full season last year, and he missed 30. There was a full season in 17-18 when he played nine games, and there was a full season you know, last year when he played zero. So, Yes, yeah. fair point. Fair point. I'm not going to be counting on you drafting Kawhi in the leagues He's, I'm in with you. He is the godfather of load management, which is all I need to know. All right, uh, moving to just past Paul George on average, this is – uh, pick number 21.3 on average in Yahoo, and it is DeJounte Murray of the Hawks. Now, the argument against Murray as a first-rounder, from what I can discern all along, has never really been about the player or his skill set. It's about the change of teams and who he's playing with, right? And that's obviously Trey Young. And I found myself wondering more and more if this might just have been an overreaction this whole time. I mean, Murray only played in one of the Hawks' two preseason games in Abu Dhabi, Sat out the second one with back spasms. But in the opener, I don't know if you saw this, guys, 25 points, eight rebounds, nine assists with two blocks. I mean, this was also basically a full dress rehearsal kind of game for the Hawks. I mean, all their guys were essentially out there. He looked incredible. Noah, I I think Murray, I don't want to overreact to one preseason game, but I did not see a guy there who's going to defer to Trey Young uh, in that game. And so I think he could end up being great value. I mean, we could discount his numbers slightly, but I don't think that we should discount them a lot uh, based on what I've seen so far. Yeah, I think a lot of the concern was for both Trey Young and DeJounte Murray was that who was going to have the ball in their hands. But they showed in that game that they both will have plenty of time, whether it's DeJounte bringing it up, Trey coming off a down screen, which we have never seen out of him and creating out of that. Uh, but also when Trey Young was off the floor, it was a lot of DeJounte Murray as the ball handler, uh, running a lot of pick and roll, honestly, with Onyeka Okongwu which was fun to see and good for Okongwu's AD or his fantasy output this season. But DeJounte Murray was so aggressive at times that there was, I want to say one, uh, like four possessions in a row where he was just hitting mid range pull-ups. Like he's going to get his points. He's going to get his steals because Trey Young's not guarding the best ball handler. DeJounte Murray is, and, but he's still going to be able to play, make rebound. I think he's going to be just fine. I think 21 is probably a tad low. I think early second is probably where I'd be going. 
as a slightly biased Hawks fan, I will acknowledge. Slightly biased. Yes, slightly same biased. here. Yeah, we got three three Georgia Georgia guys on this podcast, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, DeJounte is going too low. Um, we've only seen one game in the preseason, but it was a near triple-double. I sort of feel like I did after – well, I don't feel like that, but – it reminds me a little bit of when Victor Wembanyama came out the other night and threw up 37 and 7 and 5. I'd be like, dude, go wrap yourself in bubble wrap and and sit in your house and wait for draft day to get here. Don't run on a basketball court again until then. And I kind of feel like the Hawks saw everything they needed to see from Murray there. I would just ice him until the regular season starts and then turn him loose. Let's not forget this guy had 13 triple doubles last year, the most – Triple-doubles any Hawk has ever had in history of their career is Mookie Blaylock with eight. Like, DeJounte Murray is a like, – he's a stud. And if if he wasn't playing next to, to Trey Young, um, he'd be going in the first round automatically. So I think any time in the second round you're looking at, at DeJounte Murray. I think the fact we're – you know, Ryan Canales has hyped Tyrese Halliburton up so high – like he's bumping everybody back a spot or two, and th- that knocks Dejounte from a possible like number twelve, you know, twelfth pick back to fourteen or fifteen, which I'm good with. In any case, I think twenty one is too low. Yeah, I got him nineteenth in at least one draft, possibly in two drafts. I got him in that range, so uh, you will see him falling there in some cases. Yes, Steve. Would you, Matt? I'd like. Where do you fall on the I don't want too many guys on the same team page? Mm. Would you draft Trey at like 10 and then take DeJounte on the way back at 14? It's funny that you mention this, and Noah is is laughing, smiling knowingly, because Noah and I are are in a league together that recently just completed a a slow draft, not a snow draft. And I did, in fact, take Trey in the first round and DeJounte Murray in the second round. And I believe I later took Capella. In that league, and Hawks legend Al Horford. Don't forget, you got him too. <laughs> that counts. That's half. That's at least half. That might be 0.75 <laughs> given his contributions to the franchise. Um, eh, three. I think threes. I'm I'm okay with three. It's pushing it though. You know, it's pushing it, especially in a head-to-head league when schedules start to matter and guys have you know a two-game. I, I haven't checked the Hawks schedule, but you know when you're granted the three-game week is a lot more common than it used to be. I think, right. Is that fair to say, Steve, as kind of the schedule grid guru? There's fewer four game weeks than there used to be. So yes. So, but but anyways, you get the point. If your team is going through a rough, if that team is going through a rougher stretch of their schedule in terms of games played, and you have three of them, that can be dicey, especially in a fantasy playoff matchup. So I mean, that could be a tiebreaker. But I mean, I'll take three people from a team. Uh, three. Yeah. Was this a uh, was this one of those fan tracks slow drafts? It was, yeah. yeah. Well, you congratulations. Love, and you love fan tracks only more than you love uh, preseason. As far congratulations as on completing that draft because I still have a <laughs> few going on. Like the dude that's on the clock right now, he, he may be sitting there for 12 hours. And, I, of course, I'm next. Well, what, now, like, Steve, help I don't me, want Matt. to derail us here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest go ahead and turn your alerts on. You get, you get a notification once your turn to draft, and you go to the computer and you draft. It's not, it's okay. not too hard. Thanks. All right. Zion Williamson has a Yahoo ADP of 37.4. And I'm curious to hear where you guys land on this one because I just find myself a little wary seeing that number. Now, when we last saw him, he was putting up great counting stats, as we know. He had 27 points per game during that 2020-21 season. For that season, though, he was just inside the top 70 of nine-category leagues. And 
part of the reason why shaky high volume free throw shooting didn't hit many three pointers etc now if you told me zion did make a jump into the top 40 this year i wouldn't say that's impossible it just strikes me steve that we're kind of investing in all the excitement of his return but we're not necessarily accounting for the downside and and the downside obviously is injury risk and the categories where he really doesn't fill the bucket or he dumps out the bucket in the case of free throws if you buy that analogy so i mean look this preseason we've already seen a three for 12 free throw shooting game and i'm not uh trying to be the most negative guy in the room about zion's fantasy potential but i i'm just I'm cautious here, and if it's 36, 37, 38, I'm going to let someone else take him. Well, and I mean, me personally, I, I took him with my first pick in that 30-team league last year, like 16 or 17 or somewhere in there. And, you know, he didn't how that, play. And how did that pan out? Did that go well? It didn't pan out well at all. It was terrible. Um, and then, like, sure, right now everything's great. You know, he's had like, two right. years to, to like get in shape and eat right and try to – get ready for this season. But, you know, talk to me at Christmas after he's been running up and down the court for, for two months. And, and, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't trust him, but I mean, if he's there in the fourth round and I'm looking at him or, or some guy that I'm not that excited about, I'm going to maybe take Zion, but I'm very, very leery and very gun shy. So I, I don't, I doubt he's going to be on any of my teams. And like you said, now, his name is is so much bigger than his fantasy game. Right. And I mean, if Jared Johnson was here, I think he'd be screaming at us right now, you know, enraged at to hear all this. Noah, are you more optimistic uh, than either of us about Zion in terms of fantasy? I'm probably more optimistic, but I think it's just because I fall for the hype of fun young players probably way too often. Sure. But I think... If you go Giannis, if you're able to get Giannis in the first round and you're able to pair him with Zion, I think you're fine taking Zion in the third round just because you know, you know, points, mm. field goal percentage is going to be excellent. Right. Whereas you're not going to, you're just basically punting free throws and threes at that point. Um, but that's like a, that's a pretty dominant pair that you can also add in a second rounder and still fill out your draft. I think that's probably the only way I'd take him before 37, but I mean, you just got to have to acknowledge that he's not giving you threes and he's, like you said, dumping the bucket out on your free throw percentage. So if that's <laughs> it, yeah. don't pair him with Curry, but maybe pair him with Giannis. Right. Now, Noah, if I heard you correctly, you said a second ago that Steve and I don't like fun, or you at least implied that. There was there was a little implication there that Steve and I don't in, like to have fun. So yeah. I want you to know that's not true. I do. Okay. I do like fun, young, exciting players. And I'm not going to like... When someone, I'm not going to roll my eyes when someone takes Zion in the third round. I just don't think it'll be me. Okay. Man, you know who a you fun, know. young, exciting player is that we haven't talked about? Who's that? Noah Rubin. <laughs> and you guys are about to go one-on-one. How's the finger no. feeling, buddy? Now, so if anyone doesn't know, Steve is trying to orchestrate a one-on-one basketball showdown between me and Noah, which is just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I've been told that Noah's really good, and I'm really decent but i don't i don't <laughs> know is also a lot younger than me i don't know i've never seen him play before this i'm not just going to agree to this blindly you know what i mean i think we have to go shoot around first and just kind of see what the Deal. see what the vibes are steve's ready to, steve is ready for this like steve needs this i can he tell. already put bets on it that's what i heard dude i already, already have money yeah. on this yeah yeah steve's got a lot riding on this emotionally financially so uh i don't know steve i don't want to disappoint you but we'll we'll 
we'll call it a possibility. I think more yeah. likely is we all get together and shoot around, and then you know, you know, we'll see how, see what happens from there. I'll rebound Boom. and shoot blindfolded free throws. Okay, and we'll uh, just discuss ADPs. Yahoo ADP. That'll be fun. Yeah, get together and discuss ADPs. Yeah. Now we're talking. We That's what we do. Uh, a a Yahoo ADP of forty point four is Miles Turner. Now this one. To me, it comes down to how much risk do you want to take on to dominate blocks? Because Turner is averaging 44 and a half games played the last two seasons. And in terms of blocks, he's obviously a huge advantage when he's out there, better than three blocks per game combined the last two seasons. But then again, I mean, he's also around 13 points and seven boards kind of guy. So you're not getting a huge edge there. He does hit threes, which is cool, but he hasn't been durable. He will be in trade rumors. So both of those make you a little nervous and for me, Noah, you you boil all of that into a cauldron and uh, makes me a little nervous taking him at pick number forty. You know what? What what are your feelings on that one? Yeah, I I mean definitely a reason to be nervous. Stress fracture in his foot last season that took him out of a lot of games. It's not something to be taken lightly for a big guy. But like you said, he's one of if not the best shot blocker as far as getting yeah. the numbers in the league. I would be banking on him getting traded if I was to be drafting him because I think at some point Indiana's going to shut him down even if it's he stubs his toe and they're like, oh, Victor Wembanyama's coming up. Let's just let's just sit him out. But if he gets right. traded to a contender, he'll probably play more games. Threes and blocks are so valuable, especially with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Robert Williams hurt too. Blocks are mm. they're scarce. So if yeah. you're taking out a risk to be able to get block shots i have no problem with it at pick 40 but it's definitely definitely a risk yeah and i I mean it's it's risky whether he gets traded or not because if he gets traded we don't really know where he's going to end up um and and if he ends up in a bad situation where there's already an established center there that's not good if he stays in indiana let's not forget they have isaiah jackson waiting they have gogo batazzi waiting jalen smith is going to eat into him a little bit and it's interesting to me that we're worried about Miles Turner in a tank situation because make no mistake about it, Indy will be tanking for Victor Wembanyama hard because they cannot win with this team. Uh, but are we not a little concerned about Tyrese Halliburton maybe sitting a lot of games if the Pacers are trying to lose? I, I don't know. Uh, I kind of feel like they can throw Tyrese out there with a bunch of guys around him and, and still lose games with him going off, but I don't know, uh, but Turner's risky any way you slice it, from trade to injury to shutdown to tank. Like, there's just so many red flags with him. And, you know, I had him and Jared Allen on my team, one of my teams last year, and that team rolled for those first 40 games. And then both those guys mm-hmm. got shut down, and then I couldn't I couldn't win a game after that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not – I love Turner's threes and blocks, and I love the way uh, he puts he, – like, he's a better fantasy player than he is a real-life player, but it, he's too risky this year. Noah, you look like you had a thought maybe about Halliburton and the shutdown risk there. Yeah, I think last year Indiana did – I mean, at the end of the season, they had none of their veterans playing, but Halliburton was still out there, and they were still losing games. I don't know if we'll see Indiana tank the way OKC did, where it was – oh, let's throw five G-leaguers out there for 48 minutes by the end of the season. Maybe the last yeah. five, ten games, but probably sometime after the fantasy playoffs, they might do that. But I think it would be more risky for Miles Turner because of the trade value. They probably don't have him in their long-term plans, so they might just say, 
we'll just sit you out until we can trade you because we have those guys that you mentioned, Isaiah Jackson and Goga Batadze behind them. But Halliburton, they've already said, is going to be like the next Reggie Miller as far as being the Indiana Pacers. So I could see them playing Halliburton a little bit more. I think that's why it's a little less of a concern for him, in my opinion. I could just see us sitting here last year, the year before, saying, well, the Thunder can win with SGA out there. And then SGA got shut down. I mean, I don't feel like the Pacers are going to shut Halliburton down. I I think he's the face of the franchise. Everybody in Indy is excited about him and loves him. They want to see him play. They don't want to see him sit. So I think he's safe, too. It's just a little, little. Because if I'm the Pacers, dude, and I've got this lineup out there that's not going to win Jack, I am going all in on Victor. I'm all in. All in. Well, you've been you've been grinding that Victor Wembanyama Yama footage for months now, Steve. Months. Yeah, I'm just saying I, I'm a, I'm tanking. If I'm running the Pacers, I am telling my guys this season is lost. Don't win more than. I don't eight think games. that's what you tell them. I don't think that's what you say professionally when you're tanking. Lose. Absolutely, I don't think you say that no. when you're tanking. I think you just put players out there who are probably going to lose games, right? Isn't that more how the tank happens? <laughs> imagine, imagine. Guys, this season's lost. Let's uh, <laughs> we'll just look. Let's look ahead. Imagine that speech would be amazing. Okay, I bet it's happening. Uh, this next one is one where I feel like you actually do get some discount when it comes to the injury history, and that's Michael Porter Jr. with a Yahoo ADP of sixty-two point five. Now, I am definitely a little nervous with this one too because I still can picture that play last year where he was kind of on a breakaway and basically like blew a tire going out for a layup. I mean, it was bad. This guy was coming off another back surgery. Who knows how long he'll hold up, right? I mean, who knows how durable he'll be. But Steve, I mean, we're talking about the sixth round of a 12-team league here, and he looked really good in a recent preseason game, 20 points in 22 minutes, four triples. Uh, I don't know. At this point, I think it's worth a swing. Dude, I've, I've been drafting Turner or Porter again, and I, I get kind of mad when he – when he goes right before I pick, uh, I got him at 69 in that 30, 30 man dynasty, insane fan yeah. tracks. I'm in. Um, so I got him at 69. I've got a uh, Chet home. We're in already. So, so the tank is on. I've told my guys, guys, this is a lost season. <laughs> it's hopeless. It's, it's hopeless. Over. So some GM um, has done it. Okay. I'm going to try. We're going to try to lose. And, and, you know, if Porter plays, great. And if he doesn't, I'm okay with it for in that league. But even, even in standard redraft leagues, like this is a guy that when – if he puts it all together, legitimately could be a top 10 fantasy player. Like he can. Now, his back has been messed up since he was a basically a kid. So that's a little scary because it, that's what kept him out last year. Um so I'm a little nervous, but dude, at 60 or 70, it the mm-hmm. risk is gone. Like if MPJ shuts it down three weeks into the season again, you just go pick somebody up off waivers. Like it's not like gonna ruin your team. That's fair. I think was it 62 and a half for his ADP on Yahoo? I think mm-hmm. that might be I'd probably take him a little bit before that. But I mean the injury risk is just something it's the definition of a boom or bust in I think right. probably the most boom or bust player in fantasy basketball this season just for the upside i mean like steve said he could be a top 10 guy i mean the nuggets are relatively healthy this season but like you got to also probably deal with load management for him the same way you would some clippers guys so 
I think he has the upside to be picked ahead or to finish ahead of 62 and a half. And I'd probably take him a little bit ahead, but probably not too much more. I think it's honestly a pretty fair ADP. Yeah, that makes sense. And and when we last saw him healthy, it was 19 points per game, 7.3 boards, 0.7 steals, 0.9 blocks, 2.83 pointers, and he shot 54% from the floor, 79 from the line, doesn't turn it over much, 1.3. So moving to the next guy, it's a guy we've already mentioned. It's Clint Capella, whose Yahoo ADP is 75.1. And it's weird because in recent years, Capella has been kind of a underdrafted guy, like perennially has a lower ADP than he should. He was a... Top 25 fantasy guy, Noah, three years running prior to last year. Then last year, he drops to 65 overall. You know, he wasn't fully healthy coming into the season. That played a big part. But I mean, even if you're getting the lesser version of Capella, in a worst case scenario, I think it's like a repeat of last year probably, you're still getting a profit drafting him near his ADP. So uh, can you, am I, I'm a delusional Hawks fan. We know that, but am I missing something here? Cause this one just, you know, this one blows my mind. I just think this is a great value. You're, you're saying you're a delusional Hawks fan. So you're going to ask me for a reasonable yeah, I answer. I don't have uh, anyone else to ask. I don't okay, have anyone well, else to I'll ask. I'll do my best as a, someone be rational <laughs> as also as a delusional Hawks fan. I definitely think it's, it's way too low as well, but I think there's been a couple of times I've looked at him in drafts and been like, Oh man, like he's great. But, the free throw percentage is going to ruin me. So I, I get at times while he, why he slips. And then also, yeah. I think when we were doing the, the points mock draft, Jonas said that he has Okungwu taking over the starting job by two months in. I don't really see it, but I think, no. you know, having Okungwu behind him is something where it's like they're trying to get him on the floor. It'll probably take away from a few minutes from Capella a game. You saw it last season. His minutes were down below 30. I think that, it, you know, 75 is still too low, 100%. But and I don't foresee him coming into this season as in bad of shape as he was last year. 75 is too low, but I don't know how much higher I would take him. Um, but then again, adding in a second guy who can dominate the pick and roll with him, that'll that'll be a lot of fun. I mean, 75 might be too low, but I don't think he's – I think that's where he goes. Like he's just – he's sort of bland and sort of boring to me. And – Akangwu's there. DeJounte's there. DeJounte's going to average seven rebounds a game. Um, And Johnny Collins is going to have to get some rebounds. Um, And really, he was disappointing last year. I I think the year before that, he played really well. Capella did. And I feel like people are taking him in maybe the fourth round, and he was returning third-round value, something like that. But – I, I just I feel like seventy five is just about right for Capella. Well, as for the free throws, I mean, last year his average game was one for two from the free throw line, so that's not going to crush you. I mean, the, the percentage is horrendous, and look away when Clint Capella is shooting free throws, like shield your eyes. But I mean, he doesn't get to the line all that much. His career high in free throw attempts for a season is three point nine, so he's never been a high volume free throw shooter. I think the like. As far as a Kongwu goes, I get why Jonas would, and maybe he'll be right. I, I get why we would be excited if that happened, but I just don't think that's the world we're living in. You know, I, I think, I think Capella is, is still the guy at center for the Hawks, and I think a Kongwu is going to be knocking at the door. But I don't know. I just think it's all profit at this point in draft. If your worst case scenario is eleven points, twelve rebounds, and one point three blocks, which is what Capella did last year, and you're getting him at seventy five. The year before, he was practically Rudy Gobert. I mean, he was 15 points, 14 rebounds, two blocks. So, I mean, 
you know, I don't know. He may he may not get back to that, right? That may be the high water mark that we ever see. But he could easily be better than he was last year, or just as good. And you haven't you haven't taken on any risk, in my opinion. We're gonna get into some later round options in just a second, but first a quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The basketball season is almost here, as you know, and you can get a jump start on your draft with the Roto-World Fantasy Draft Guide. Get player profiles, expert rankings, mock drafts, and more. Use code HOOPS5 at checkout and get yours for just $5. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. All right. Uh, some late, later round guys. We move now to Gary Trent Jr., whose Yahoo ADP is 90.1. I've been a little shocked to see him there. I asked Josh Lloyd about it during our draft show. He basically said, Josh said, he's kind of wary about drafting Gary Trent because that steals season that he had, 1.7 steals, which was such a big part of his value, was an outlier. So I understand that. There's also been some talk that, you know, Trent could maybe lose his starting job at one point to Precious Achua. But I mean, Putting all that aside, this is a borderline top 40 guy last year, around 18 points, 3.03 pointers, 1.7 steals. He played 35 minutes a game, um, most recent preseason game, 17 points and two steals. Steve, uh, where are you on this Gary Trent ADP of 90? Because to me, it just it seems like it's gone way too far. Well, when I'm not looking at his stat sheet and I'm just thinking about Gary Trent Jr. in general, all I see is a guy shooting three-pointers. Uh, when I look at the stat sheet, the steals last year were huge, and most of his value, I would say, was tied up in steals, free throw percentage, um, and threes. I don't know. I I I'm not reaching for for him. I just I'll I'll take him if he's there late, but I'm I don't I'm not uh, very excited about him. You don't get no before you talk. I mean, you don't get 1.7 steals a game by accident. You know what I mean? Like DeAndre Hunter is never going to have a 1.7 steals <laughs> season, for example. Uh, not to bring everything back to the Hawks. What, what do you think of Gary Trent Jr.? Because to me, it's yeah, a lot of the values steals and threes, but man, he got a lot of those three three pointers, 1.7 steals. I think I'm probably taking it before his ADP, but I just 
I don't know how much earlier than 90, probably half a round earlier, but he's a young guy. He just had the best season of his career. We'll just have to see if it's something that, you know, I guess like Josh Lloyd was saying, is it kind of an anomaly that he got that many steals? Is it something that he just kind of does now? Uh, Toronto has a ton of long defenders. It wouldn't be shocking to see Precious Achua eventually take his starting spot just so that he can, or they can have like four, six, nine guys and Fred Van Vliet because that's exactly what everybody wants to see. I think threes and steals are something that we you can rely on from Trent, even if it's not necessarily at that 1.8. I think slightly above 90. 90 is probably a tad low for me uh, as far as where I would take him. But also, if you're thinking about it, if you're getting him at that ADP, that's such a huge upside. I'd be very happy taking him there if he's still there past 90. Like That's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not talking about taking him at, you know, near what he produced last year or anything like that. I just think <laughs> no. his his he was a top almost a top 40 player in nine category nine category leagues last year. ADP's 90. That's 50 practically 50 spots later. I mean, you could take him at 75 and feel pretty good about it, I think. But we shall see. Uh next one is Keegan Murray, the rookie Yahoo ADP of 97.4. Um Murray's most recent preseason game, 16 points, two steals, a block, five triples off the bench in 22 minutes. I mean, this guy put up absurd numbers in college, as we know, has 16 points and two steals in each of his preseason games. Uh, Noah, I just think, I don't know, the only reason for me that Keegan Murray is going this late is probably some uncertainty about the rotation and uncertainty about the player if you you know haven't been following him. But I just think his talent is going to have him on the floor early and often, and I think he's going to pay off. Yeah, his ADP is probably this low just because he's a Kings rookie. So people are probably that haven't really been keeping up with him or maybe saw the Casey Akpala report that he's been starting or saw that he's starting. Uh-huh. But it, it's just hard for me to believe because in the leagues that I've drafted and I've seen him go fifth round even. I mean, I know okay. Zach Hanshu might be the biggest Keegan Murray fan there is and he's jacked his ADP up. So in some leagues, he's going past 100 to be able to drag that back down to 97. So I think 97 is low. I think he definitely has top 100, maybe even top 75 upside for his rookie season. But I think we were talking about it either last week or the week before when we were comparing him to some rookies from last season. And I think Scotty Barnes may have been the only one that had a top 75 season. Maybe one of the other guys, uh, Mobley or Cunningham did too. But I think Getting him a 97 is a good deal. I think getting him a round or two before is great, uh, but I've never seen him available that late, so I haven't really been able to draft him in any leagues. So. I think that he is going too late, I think. But the thing about the rotation with the Kings, I don't really trust Mike Brown. And the fact that Mike Brown isn't just – he's talking about starting Casey Akpala over – Keegan Murray just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, get this kid out there, let him play. Um, Even with Mike Brown standing in the way, I I don't know how he's going to stop Keegan Murray from emerging and being a star. So, uh, to me, he should be going earlier than he's going by probably like 15, 20 picks. Almost 20 picks after Murray on average, again, in Yahoo leagues. Uh, 
is Jabari Smith of the Rockets, and he's only played one preseason game so far, but it was 21, point, 21 points, eight boards, two dimes, five for eight on threes. Uh, this guy's a great outside shooter in college. It looks like that skill is going to pretty immediately translate to the NBA. Uh, Steve, what do you think about Jabari Smith, the Rockets rookie? And I think he's again, going- ADP 116. I think he's going too low. I think, I think Murray and Jabari Smith should go back-to-back I think when one goes, you take the other one. I don't know which one's going to be better. They're both going to be right in it for Rookie of the Year. They both have fantasy-friendly games. I think Jabari Smith is in a little bit better coaching team situation because Houston, mm-hmm. Houston's so young, and they're going to be so good. If you add this certain gentleman named Victor that I keep talking about to that team, like they're just going to be frightening. And uh, But I, I, I think Jabari's – going to play a lot and and be good i i think he's going way too late yeah i think i'm in the same boat but again it's same thing as keegan murray i've never seen him go past like pick 75 so i never have a chance to get uh-huh. him because that's probably a tat early for me but if you look at the rockets team poor alper and shangun if victor Wembanyama came there we'd have one fun season out of him and then who knows what would happen but let's not even talk about that i'm not ready yeah. to talk about it yet no we have to, we don't can't. want you're getting rid of Alper and Shangun before we've even had the Alper and Shangun season. So don't, don't do yeah. that to us, Noah. Okay. Uh, well, then we need Wemby somewhere else. Apologies for even suggesting it. But the Rockets don't have a ton of rebounders. I think, you know, Javari Smith, I believe, averaged 7.4 rebounds per game in college. Shangun isn't a great rebounder. And then behind them is a bunch of guys that may play a few minutes here and there, but aren't going to be guys that are mm. you're drafting. You're not drafting Derek Favors in any leagues you're not drafting Usman Garuba in any leagues Jabari Smith is going to have rebounding upside we've seen him shoot he's playing next to two playmakers uh in Jalen Green Kevin Porter Jr I think it's between those two for rookie of the year and both have top 75 upside our remaining three players are all guys who have had quiet preseasons but all guys who have cause for optimism. So I want to see where we are on these three guys. It's it's next is Jalen Smith of the Pacers, who we already mentioned. His Yahoo ADP is 123.4, which again, to your point, Noah, I think in competitive leagues, you'll see him go well before that. Either way, though, let's talk about his preseason because after getting the new contract from the Pacers, after basically being handed a starting job by Rick Carlisle a while ago, he's had a quiet preseason. Uh, uh, one game was a hollow, nine points, 10 boards. Then their last game, he fouled out seven points, three rebounds. So uh, Noah does that. It's just two box scores. Granted, give you any pause with Jalen Smith, or are we still uh, full speed ahead on this guy, even if it probably means taking him inside the top 100 in a lot of leagues, I would imagine? I think it. it's probably – I'm a little bit less excited about Jalen Smith as I was when we talked about him as the starting power forward. I, I may have even written in a blurb about him. Like he was given the starting power forward job months ago. And it's like, it was really exciting, especially with kind of how he did, I guess, towards the end of last season. But then, you know, you got to think about it. He hasn't looked good in the preseason. Is Are we getting really excited about a tanking team starting power forward just because he locked up the starting job? I mean, he had some games, looking back at it now, uh, some double doubles and not very many minutes, some block shots. So there's definitely the upside there. I think I'm just not super excited about him anymore. I don't, I don't know if he's going to have wow. the same continued success as he did uh, towards the end of last season with more mouths to feed. Now that they're healthy, uh, we might see Miles Turner and Isaiah Jackson on the floor at the same time, which would take away from Jalen Smith. 
I think 123 might be a tad high for me. I would have no problem taking over the last three rounds of a draft, but I think 123 might be a tad high considering guys I think that just have higher upside or uh, higher floors than Jalen Smith. I think there's a chance that he just isn't the same player that we saw at the end of last year. While I agree with Noah's hesitancy and the the lack of um, excitement around Jalen Smith based on his preseason, he he was also hurt coming into preseason, and now he's better, now he's playing – um, I'm still, I'm still right there. Like I'm still down. I'm still good with a young guy mm-hmm. on a bad team starting at power forward. I think he should be going way higher than this. Um, we saw what he did last year. I don't think it was a fluke. I don't know why he wouldn't do that again this year. Um, I I'm good with taking Jalen in like the, I don't know, eighth or ninth round. Yeah, I, te- I think I land a little closer to where you are on this one, Steve. Um, I-, I think you raise a good point, Noah, that you know we shouldn't just assume this is going to work out just because it appears to be a good situation. But the guy was really good down the stretch, uh, I think around 13.7 boards, a block per game, 1.43s for the Pacers in like 25 minutes per game. So I don't know. He-, he-, he showed something there, and hopefully it carries over. But to your point, not a guarantee. The next guy I have... I have questions about it. And this is a guy who we kind of all along have been looking at as a potential front court sleeper, Nick Claxton of the Nets. And his Yahoo ADP is 127.3. I think the case all along for this guy was the depth chart is in his favor. Um, and he had a promising start to the preseason, 12 points and a block in their first preseason, preseason game, went six for six from the floor. Then he had a clunker, scoreless in 18 minutes. So, Steve, where are we on Claxton as a late round target at this point? Because I think my only worry is. He might be the number one option at center. He looks like the number one option at center, but what if Brooklyn, you know, just cans it and goes small a lot of the time? And in in the closing minutes of the game, he's nowhere to be seen. That that's the story I'm telling myself right now that has me a little worried. Well, I mean, the free throw shooting is going to keep him off the court at the end of the game. I mean, he's terrible at free throws. But you know, I watched his good game. I didn't see his bad one, but his good game, he looked really, really active. He looked really agile. He looked like everything we want him to be. I think a lot of the hype trains started rolling on him when it looked like KD and Kyrie, like we didn't know if they were going to be there or not. It was like, oh man, this is going to be the Nick Claxton show. And now he's like the number four, number five option offensively. So, I mean, I'm a little down on him compared to where I was before, but He's sitting there like it's so late in drafts and he's got so much potential to be a, a really good player that I mean you can take him that late with zero risk. And I yeah, I'm I still like drafting Claxon. Yeah, if you look at his numbers when he was a starter, um I believe this is just last season, maybe one game from the season before. Uh just in 23, 22.9 minutes. So probably what we might actually see out of him, especially with the amount that they will go small. Uh, 10.6 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 1.3 blocks, 0.7 steals. Obviously, the free throw percentage is going to be bad, but he's playing alongside three really good playmakers and probably a floor spacer when he's on the court in Ben Simmons, KD, Kyrie, and then either Seth Curry or Joe Harris, just some average shooters there. So he's going to get probably plenty of looks down low, just easy dunks playing alongside stars like that. The rebounding numbers aren't super high, but I think that's what keeps him outside the top 100. And like I mentioned before, blocks are just hard to find, and he's 
he's going to block shots. I mean, I think the Ben Simmons at center experiment it's something that they do in five to 10 minute waves. I don't think it's something they can sustain over the course of a game. Um, you know, he can do it, but I, I just, he's not big enough to really bruise down there uh, with some of the premier centers in the league. So Claxton will, he'll get to block shots. And that's something that I'm fine taking in the 11th round or whatever, I believe off the ADP, that's where it would be um, just to be able to get block shots. Speaking of the 11th round, the last player on our list uh, for the day is, Cam Johnson, whose Yahoo ADP is 131.1. Noah, I was just refreshing my memory. It was you who took him in our draft show last week. Uh, you took him 129th right before Raf picked. Raf was very unhappy. Uh, visibly, visibly not pleased that you got Cam Johnson. But but this is also a guy who we've only seen for four minutes this preseason. Obviously, the reason for optimism is Jay Crowder appears to be on the way out in Phoenix, incidentally enough, from Shams Charania. Right before we went on there, there's a Hawks Jay Crowder rumor. Uh, either way, I mean, get, give us your case for Cam Johnson, and let's also include the hypothetical scenario where I don't know Crowder and the Suns maybe reconcile or something. I don't know if we're past that, but it seems like it's not outside the realm of possibility necessarily. Well, I think the reason that Jay Crowder requested a trade, I think I saw a report where he the reason that he requested a trade is because they said Cam Johnson's going to start games, Cam Johnson's mm-hmm. going to finish games, so. Sorry. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to get out of here. So Cam Johnson, I believe, even if they reconcile with Jay Crowder, will still retain that role. And if we look at his numbers as a starter last season, 16.3 points, uh, 1.1 steals, rebounding and assists, not doing a ton, but 3.1 triples as well. Um, I got him at 129, you said. I'm actually very excited that I got him that late because I would have probably yeah. taken him a bit earlier. Um, I don't remember exactly how that draft played out, but I think the ADP is definitely – way too low um, considering yeah. the upside there and the fact that, you know, without Jay Crowder, there's not anybody else really that they're worried about taking his job or taking his minutes. I think maybe I said this on a previous show, just the five that they have starting, is going to be the five that plays a ton. Like they don't have a ton of guys that you're really excited about coming off the bench unless there's an injury. Um, but I think the three point upside, the steals upside scoring upside, even uh, Kim Johnson could definitely finish as a top 100 guy. So getting him at 131, I think you said the ADP was, I'd be thrilled mm-hmm. about that and would definitely take him a round or two earlier. Yeah, you got him at 129, Steve. So I'm thrilled. Uh, coming into year four, always looks good in the playoffs. Jay Crowder's on the way out, plus he's an old, old man. Uh, I, I kind of like Cam Johnson. I think Cam Johnson is going to... Um, I think this is a year he sort of breaks out a little bit. I, I think, yeah, you can get him late. There's not not a lot of hype around Cam Johnson, but he's going to be better than his ADP. He's going to be better than where you draft him, I, I think. I mean, and I think that the, the I believe the sprained thumb is just doing tremendous favors to, to anyone trying to draft him, I think, because we haven't, he hasn't really put anything in a box score. As I said, I think he's only played four minutes this preseason. So that is helping there. Um, no, you also took Tari Eason in that draft, which mm-hmm. I find very intriguing. That's a guy we're going to talk about later this week when we continue our division-by-division division previews. Steve, I know before we go, I believe you said we had a viewer question that you wanted to get in before we get out of here. Yeah, Hollow Man 928 wants to know who you would draft between okay. Jared Vanderbilt, Lou Dort, and Kelly Oubre in a nine-cat okay. head-to-head league. So we're probably talking like, 10th 11th round you're getting towards the later part of your draft mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of these guys are you taking man 
Vanderbilt no Vanderbilt went one nineteenth in our draft show. Uh, Ubre went one hundred thirty second, and Dort went one hundred thirty fourth. <sighs> I was more excited about Vanderbilt before Markinen got there, so I'm kind of I feel like this the steam has left that balloon a little bit in terms of fantasy. Weirdly, no, I think it might be Lou Dort for me, just off the top of my head, who I'm most excited about. Because remember, Kelly Oubre probably still looks like, you know, he's coming off the bench most likely uh, in Charlotte. Yeah, I think I mean, all those guys are just such iffy situations because you mentioned Laurie Markkinen with Jared Vanderbilt and a number, like I think they probably have like 10 just like average guys in that team, which is yeah. probably their goal if they're trying to get Victor Weminyama. Lou Dort, I'm a, I'm huge on Lou Dort. I'm a big fan, but I think it's going to be another season of the Thunder halfway through just yeah. saying, yeah, man, like you're hurt. You're not playing. But Kelly Oubre, I think there's definitely a lot of upside there. He's coming off the bench to start, but he's backing up Gordon Hayward, who's not the epitome of health. I think Oubre has a ton of upside, especially, I mean, if he starts or comes off the bench, he's adding threes and triples. But I think if he starts, yeah, they have LaMelo, they have Terry Rozier, and they don't have much else. So Kelly Oubre will definitely have the ball in his hands with the opportunity to make plays. And also adding in steals doesn't help. I, at this very moment, would probably actually lean Oubre. Wow, and Matt, you're yeah. going you're going Lou Dort, and I'm going well. With, I'm going Jared Vanderbilt. I, I, uh, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. My Lou Dort, my Lou Dort endorsement, my Dort endorse endorsement. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I will leave. I'll show myself the exit. Uh, was a little half hearted, and then as Noah was giving me the Kelly Oubre uh, sales pitch, I just went to refresh my memory. I mean. Dort had a nice season, you know, 17 plus points, two and a half threes, but it comes with 40% shooting. He doesn't really get defensive stats or rebounds or assists. And there's the shutdown risk. So I don't feel that strongly about this one. I do feel a little more worried about Vando, Vandy, Vando with Markin in there. So I could be swayed toward Ubre. All right. Well, first of all, when the Thunder shut everybody down, Lou Dort's not going to be one of those guys. He's going to be the guy. He has been, though. Stevie has been. Are you sure? He's been like, shut down. I thought he when got shut he, down last season. When did he get shut down last season, though? I feel like it was late. I think Lou Dort's been shut down two years in a row, hasn't he? He played two games over the final two months of last season. And, right. and Steve, the year before, wasn't it the year before he was just going absolutely berserk and then got shut down as well? Yeah, I guess was I that, had it. Was I had that 2021 when he was just playing out of his mind and got shut down? Right. Well, I guess I, I'm I'm used to to the Thunder shutting people down in like November. All right, he made it all the way to like February. So, Fair. Yeah. I mean, he played yeah, he, basically a whole season for them in, in my mind. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, the the 2021 2020-21 season, he had a 42 point game in April. He then missed a game. Then he had a 26 point game. Then he had a 29 point game. Missed a couple more, blah blah, and and got eventually got shut down. I feel like so. that was the that week of Lou Dort was the week that somebody asked if I was on a yacht when I was in that condo in Key West. Um, yeah, greatest week so, of our lives. Laurie Markinen does make me nervous about Jared Vando, but I also feel like that team is going to tank it up hard. I think Laurie yeah. Markinen may. Um, I don't know how how much they want Markinen out there balling out and, and trying to win them games. I, I see Vando playing a lot of minutes, man. He can, he can play center. He can play power forward. I'm going Jared 
uh, Vando. Okay, think, so yeah, I was gonna say with there's also probably a risk for Utah shutting guys down. I know we haven't seen it yet because it's the first. Mm-hmm. This is the first season that they're bad, but you know they might shut down marketing. They might shut down Vanderbilt. It might just be like OKC. So I think when if you're talking beginning of the season, probably first few months, I'd probably lean Vanderbilt. But I think last few months of the season, I'd probably be leaning Ubre because at that point, I'm expecting both the Jazz and Thunder to be in full tank mode and Gordon Hayward to be hurt. That's kind of what I'd be banking on in this situation. Um, Vando is 23 years old and has never averaged more than 6.9 points and mm-hmm. 8.4 rebounds in an NBA season. I mean, I don't think sure. the Jazz are going to be like, we got to shut Vando down so we don't win games. I think I think they can they can still lose games and have Vando out there. And, you know, Conley's probably going to get traded. Like, they, they're not done yet. Like, they, they, they are going to – they are going to put on – a tanking season like no other. <laughs> All right. On that note, that is going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. A reminder, new schedule. We're here on Mondays and Fridays now. So we'll see you on Friday as we finish off our division previews. We hit the Southwest and Northwest in the Western Conference with the season closing in on us. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching. Noah, Steve. Thanks to you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks, Matt. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.